Hawkeye fans, Chad Leistico of the Des Moines Register with a little special Friday morning edition of the Hawk Central Podcast. Thought this would be a good idea uh, to get you something, uh, to get you primed for the men's basketball weekend ahead that uh, includes a lot of interesting scenarios uh, regarding the Big Ten men's tournament seeding. Uh, we will leave the women's tournament alone because they play tonight and, uh, uh, you know, really – it it'd be too late uh, to talk much about the women's tournament. We don't need to preview Iowa Purdue women. If they win, they play Maryland or Illinois tomorrow at uh, four o'clock. So uh, that's what you need to know there. Uh, to get us going uh, this morning, I want to bring on my friend Kennington Smith, who's very busy. He'll be heading to Iowa basketball availability this afternoon. Just finished up an Iowa football story. We had a football available <laughs> availability of all things yesterday, Kennington. So uh, welcome to March, my man. Yeah, for sure. And then on top of that, I know that we tease me doing a Chris Murray feature ahead of the Big Ten tournament. I had that sit down with him yesterday. We talked for almost 30 minutes. So adding that to my plate as well. But I'm really excited for that to come out next week. But really busy time of year. The football availability was surprising to have that many players available at this point in the year as well. But um, obviously a lot of high interest things going on across all of Iowa sports, not just football men's basketball women's basketball i mean even baseball as well so really exciting time if you're an iowa fan and um you know i'm glad that we're getting a chance to kind of like put our hands in everything and um, tell a lot of stories and put out a lot of great content yeah and this week has also had the uh little wrinkles of the iowa football lawsuit development on monday and then of course the nfl combine <laughs> and then oh, I, yeah. and then oh, my yeah. oh, lisa yeah, bluter takeout <laughs> lucas van ness takeout i mean i just uh all these sports are are Making my head spin. But that's why we're doing this podcast, right, Kenny? Because we want to get you guys focused on the basketball. Let's give let's give our listeners just one uh, hot take or takeaway from the football availability on Thursday. Like we said, this is kind of a it was kind of a rare one, but we really have. Um, I almost think it was just sort of like, hey, let's stop talking about Brian Ferentz. So let's put all these new guys out there, uh, <laughs> and it worked because uh, you know there was a lot of positivity that emanated yesterday, obviously, uh, what stood out to you from the football interviews yesterday? Uh, and I'll, I'll add a comment and then we'll get into hoops. Yeah. I think two things kind of stuck out. I know he said one, but like one thing just kind of came to mind when you said positivity. So the first thing that stuck out was just the mentality of all, of all of the players. Like Noah Shannon talked about a fire being lit under the team because he said last year was disappointing by their standards. And then obviously the energy that Cade McNamara is bringing to the program in terms of shifting the focus away from winning the Big Ten West to putting their goals on winning the Big Ten and truly believing that they have a chance to win the, the Big Ten was also really um, something that stuck out to me. But my big takeaway was that all of the players that we met with yesterday who are new, Seth Anderson, Dejon Parker, Eric All, and Kay McNamara, they're all going to be regulars at Tuesday Availabilities. Like, big personalities, well-spoken. Um, they're going to be kind of like media darlings and people that I think the fans are going to want to hear from a lot, which is really good because we're losing a lot of personalities from last year that we saw on Tuesdays. Jack Campbell, Kayvon Merriweather, Arlen Bruce. Seth Benson, um, and more. Riley um, Moss, so, yeah. Right, Riley <laughs> Moss. Exactly. So, he might have been the best. <laughs> right. So it's like, at the end of the season, like, man, we're losing, like, all of our Tuesday regulars. Like, who's going to kind of step into that void? And they're going to be, you know, obviously some veterans from last year who are going to do it. But the new guys, I mean, they are 
um, really entertaining in a breath of fresh air. Yeah, and I think that's uh, I think that was smart of Iowa to do it that way, but also good for us too, just to kind of get a little taste, you know, because spring ball goes so fast, and you um, it's just a month. It starts I think March twenty second. Uh, they haven't quite made that announcement official yet, but you know it's coming up in less than three weeks, so we will be digging into that. Uh, yeah, my takeaway is the best interview was definitely Eric All. <laughs> like I did not expect. <laughs> it's like he came into the facility like it. So this the inter- the availability was scheduled for three thirty. He kind of walked in the facility like about 4.30. So we were all uh, – some of us had left. Like probably 80% of the media had left. And we were just – I mean, I would, I moved slow with my boot on, so I was kind of hobbling out the door with you, and you were very kind and waiting on me. And all of a sudden, Eric All walks in, and Steve Rose uh, shouting at the other media leaving, hey, come on in. And then he <laughs> held court with uh, just uh, humor. And he was just like, everyone's so nice here. Like, it's amazing. Even you guys are so nice. And, it was just, <laughs> and he was talking about Cade McNamara throwing golf clubs, IHOP chicken and waffles being as good as Atlanta's chicken and waffles. It was just a, a lot of everything. And um, I don't know. He was great. And, I, and my little uh, – uh, I thought Cade McNamara was a little smaller than I expected. I mean, he's listed at like 6'1", 205, or 210 or something like that. But uh, I would say he's a little bit shorter than me. I'm about 6'1 and a half, 6'2". So a little bit smaller quarterback than I imagined, but I don't I don't think that matters anymore in today's college game. In fact, I, I kinda like it. I'm kinda I'm kind of over the six five, two hundred and forty pound pocket passer at Iowa. I'm ready for something a little different. Yeah. I mean the game of football is kind of going away from that anyway. Like if you just kind of look at unless you're like Josh Allen and you're like that yeah, big yeah, yeah. and really fast. Like if you're non mobile, it's almost like a non starter. Um so you look at like you know the Bryce Youngs, the Kyler Murrays, um, you know quarterbacks like that. Russell Wilson. I'm sure there's others that I'm um, overseeing right now in the NFL. But that's kind of where the the game Stetson Bennett. That's kind of where the the game is going. Yeah, so, Stetson Bennett, a good example. Seriously, yeah, seriously, I, he kind of reminds me of him in that way. Confident, not that big, but very accurate. Yeah, chip on it, chip on his yeah, shoulder. Very much yeah, so. <laughs> Talked about as as well. So um, now it was a it was a great availability. Definitely one of, if not the most entertaining one since I've been on the beat. I mean, it was. Um, and then also like you know Joe Evans, Nico Ragaini, Noah Shannon, also great quotes as always. So it was good catching up with those guys as well. By the way, just uh, I don't think this will ever appear in a story anywhere, but I just want to mention Ragaini said that Brody Brecht is like the nicest, which he is, uh, the nicest guy in the world. Never swears. Uh, so he is was stunned that he got a four game suspension, and Brody said he like said something really mild, and they they threw him out. Um, anyway, four game suspension for that it wasn't even a, he didn't even swear. Anyway, moving on, let's go to basketball. Uh, uh, results this week have really fallen in place for Iowa uh, Kennington as far as uh, getting as high of seed as possible at the Big Ten men's tournament. Obviously predicated on beating Nebraska at one p.m. on Sunday. But uh, the three big things that Iowa needed to have happen uh, have happened <laughs> already uh, before the weekend even has gotten here. Uh, you know, Northwestern losing at home to Penn State, uh, Maryland losing at Penn, uh, at uh, Ohio State. That was kind of a surprising result. I mean, I, I thought Maryland losing was probably the least likely uh, of everything that Iowa needed to happen. And then Michigan, I did expect to, them to lose a game this week. Uh, it would actually help Iowa if Michigan beats Indiana, honestly, on Sunday. Uh, we'll get into that in a minute, but, but right now, uh, it's essentially a win and end to the two seed. There are a few 
really unlikely scenarios where Iowa would dip as low as a three seed with a win. So it's not a hundred percent two two seed, but uh, uh, I want to tease you to uh, my Twitter feed, and I retweeted Matt Hackman, who who breaks down these things with a spreadsheet. Essentially, even you know, Iowa has a seventy five percent chance of the two seed as it stands right now, and obviously that I mean I think that goes to like ninety mid ninety percent, um, maybe even higher. That's not broken down, but if Iowa wins uh, on on Sunday. So really just win, just beat Nebraska in a home game on senior day. That's, you know, where have we heard this before, right? <laughs> and a game you're supposed right. to win to get to where you want to go. Right. Right. It's like, does that sound familiar to anybody? And then it's like, the next question is like, what could possibly go wrong in a scenario like that? Uh, yeah. You know, obviously <laughs> what happened? Cooper DeGene getting uh, hurt. Uh, you know, okay. Right. I, don't, I don't even want to put that out in the universe. Yeah. I, let's like, not. Yeah. No. No, 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 no bad energy, but um, no. it is kind of like, you know, ironic that it's like football and basketball kind of like in the same predicament in that way. But um, I mean, everything, everything sets up really nicely for Iowa and just kind of like carry their momentum as of late has been really significant. When you think about what happened in the Michigan State game and then that momentum carries over into Indiana and they haven't even played in a few days, but it feels like their momentum is continuing to surge because things are falling into place for, uh, for the team eerily similar again to, to last year where they were just like so hot in February and things kind of lined up for them to make a, a run in the big 10 tournament. And it's kind of setting up that way. Again, obviously the advantages of the double by not having to most likely play a team that would upset them. From, that, from here on out, it's going to be all kind of like high-level quad one-ish type of games moving forward, maximizing the rest, all of those things. You feel confident about where Iowa is right now compared to, you know, a little over a week ago or two weeks ago, whenever that Northwestern game was, and then going into Wisconsin as well. All right, I'm uh, I'm Mr. Stats. You know, I don't know if everyone knows this, but I was a statistics major in college. It wasn't a journalism major, so I, I get into this stuff. Uh, there's only one Big Ten game on Saturday. That's Ohio State, Michigan State. Really, that's inconsequential um, for the most part regarding Iowa's seeding, as long as Iowa wins. Uh, so, and Ohio State, uh, you know, has clinched the 13 seed. So, uh, Michigan State has an odd number of games because they lost that Minnesota home game due to the shooting tragedy. Uh, on campus so they they're in kind of their own category so let's flash forward to Sunday's games Kennington Uh, the first game of the day Maryland Penn State uh, 11 a.m. and then Illinois Purdue at 11 30 a.m. this so Iowa will pretty much know those results early in the Nebraska game at the latest Uh, you know to me uh, so here to me you want Maryland to, to as long as you you think Iowa can win you want Maryland to win that game over Penn State because once Maryland is thrown into that multi-way tie, Iowa wins all the tiebreakers for the two seed. Uh, the only scenario, Kennington, and I know that when I put out the tweet earlier this week, I said you need an Iowa win and these three things, one loss from each of these teams. Uh, two losses from Michigan this week throws that a little bit into um, question because – Here's what here's what Iowa would, you know. Here's what would have to happen for Iowa to quote unquote fall to the three seed, even with a win, would be Northwestern winning at Rutgers, which according to our man um, Matt Hackman, 
uh, was, I believe, I want to say a 32% chance of happening. <laughs> okay. So right now that's already, that's kind of a, a remote possibility. Uh, Penn state beating Maryland. That's a 50% chance of happening. Um, Illinois, I'm sorry, Purdue beating Illinois, 74% chance of happening and Indiana beating Michigan, 68% chance of happening. So, uh, and then Iowa winning. So that's, those are five things that would have to happen for that to not, for Iowa not to get the two, just because an Iowa Northwestern Indiana three-way tie and only a three-way tie would give the nod to Northwestern because Northwestern also swept Indiana. They would be three and one in the round Robin. Iowa would be three and one in the round Robin. Indiana would be 0-4 in the round robin, and then Northwestern would win the tiebreaker based on its win against the top seed, Purdue. So either way, I think that's a good scenario, Kennington, um, that the worst Iowa can be uh, with a win is a three seed, and that's a very – I mean, like we're talking less than 5% chance that that happens, and that's the side of the bracket to me you want to be on. So uh, I broke that, right? I mean, to me there's no difference between the two and three. It just depends on who ends up being the six and seven. Right, exactly. Um, I guess like the only if you're splitting hairs on the difference is the three seed is a later game on Friday, so that's like the optimal. That's like the maybe, optimal amount of maybe. time. Maybe. I mean, I'm kind of in the I'm on the fence on that because you you get a, if you do win, you got a much tighter turnaround for Saturday afternoon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, just leading up to that first game, that's like the optimal amount of rest time. All of the things that you're talking about in this scenario, that Maryland-Penn State game is going to be really interesting because obviously we're focused on Iowa and their road woes, but Maryland might be the worst road team in the Big Ten. I mean, obviously, like um, Minnesota and Ohio State, you have to throw them in the mix, but Maryland's only won one, one road game in the Big Ten slate this entire season. It was at Minnesota. Now they're going to Penn State in the finale. So that that's one I'm really going to have my eye on to see if they can, um, you know, win that one going into the tournament. Okay, so uh, I had a request from from uh, Rick Klatt, who uh, uh, follows our podcast closely. He said, give me a bracket of what happens if all the favorites win this weekend. Like, what would be the bracket? So I did that. Um, and like we said, it's a 50% chance that Maryland – the 50% chance that Maryland wins or Penn State wins. So I'm going to have to do one of each. Here is the bracket if uh, Penn State wins, because you just mentioned Maryland going on the road. So if Penn State beats Maryland, I think I would give Penn State a slight edge. Would you Do you agree with me with that? Maybe, yeah. Maybe a slight yeah. edge there? Okay. Yeah. And that means Indiana beats Michigan. That means Michigan State beats Ohio State. That means – uh, Indiana, yeah, we said Indiana, and Rutgers beats uh, Northwestern. That's kind of the big result. And Purdue beats Illinois. So all that happens. Here are the the final Big Ten standings. Purdue would be the one. Iowa would be the two based on uh, a two-way tie with Indiana for, for second with that sweep. Indiana would be the three, which is very interesting, Kennington, is it not? Yeah. <laughs> the, the potential for another Iowa-Indiana matchup in the semifinals. So I don't love that necessarily for the Hawkeyes. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, we'll move on. Michigan State then would actually get into double-by position as the four. And then it's very interesting below that, Kennington, because then you have a five-way tie for fifth. And uh, Michigan would be the five. Rutgers would be the six. Maryland would be the seven. Illinois would be the eight. And believe it or not, Northwestern would be the nine. <laughs> Ouch. They would lose all those tiebreakers uh, because they don't have a great round-robin record against um, that group. One and six. 
you know, their their wins actually have been against the higher teams in the conference. Iowa's kind of been around the mid-pack teams in the conference. So uh, a, a huge swing for Northwestern. And I almost think that the Rutgers loss to Minnesota last night, number one, that hurt Iowa a little bit because it takes away some multi-team tie possibilities with Rutgers because Iowa has the season sweep on Rutgers. Uh, but I think it also hurts Northwestern a little bit because now Rutgers is absolutely in a must-win home game on Sunday against the Wildcats. Uh, I know Northwestern kind of feels that way too, but uh, you'd have to think at Jersey Mike's Arena, I like Rutgers in that game at least a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, everything that you just said, on top of the fact that they are on their home court, you know that they're going to come back motivated after a loss like that, especially getting stunned the way that they did at the buzzer. Um, I think their eyes are going to be wide open on on Sunday. Uh, and so, so let's say Maryland beats Penn State. Okay, that's the other scenario. That's kind of the, we're we're calling that kind of a toss up game, and everything else stays the same. Then the seedings would be Purdue one, Iowa two, Maryland three, Indiana four. So that would be a three way tie between Iowa, Maryland, Indiana. Obviously, Iowa has a three and zero round robin record against those teams, having uh, won its only matchup against Maryland. So I like that draw. Uh, The six then in that case, or five would be Michigan State, six would be Michigan. The seven in that case, which would match up with Iowa, would be Illinois. That would be kind of interesting to me. Uh, The eight would be Rutgers, nine would be Northwestern. So um, the two-seven there would be Iowa-Illinois. The two-seven in the Penn State over Maryland scenario would be Iowa-Maryland. So uh, I don't know (laughs) – None of these are great, honestly. I mean, it's going to be a tough matchup no matter what in the quarterfinals. But, you know, obviously the advantage is you don't have to play until Friday. You get that free pass into the quarters. Uh, any other scenarios you want me to run, Kennington? Any other thoughts? Um, is there there's a is there a scenario where they can end up four? Or what happens if they well what happens if they lose to Nebraska? That's like the other. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, they, yeah. Thing. Like, what's, what's the most like primary? likelihood scenario should Iowa lose on Sunday. Ooh, yeah. So uh, let me – let me. Uh, that's a great point. Good question, Kennington. So according to um, – again, I want to give credit to Matt Hackman on Twitter uh, who, who broke down all these things in spreadsheets. Let me just break down the seed possibilities because when you wrote that headache-inducing piece earlier this week, you, <laughs> me- you mentioned that Iowa could fall as low as the eight. That is now off the table because of Rutgers losing last night. Um, so uh, Iowa – has a 75% chance at the two, an 8% chance at the three, a 6% chance at the four. Uh, now that would now we're starting to get into the loss possibility because if Iowa wins, they can finish no lower than the three seed, just to be clear. And that's where you want to be. So uh, 83% chance of all that happening. In other words, that's basically the chances of Iowa winning. Um, and there is actually a chance that Iowa could lose and still get the three, which is kind of crazy. Uh, 7% chance of the five, 3% chance of the six, 1% chance of the seven. So if Iowa loses, it's most likely going to be the five seed, it appears, uh, which would be where they were last year. So that would be an earlier Thursday game against the 12-13 winner, which I do not like that whatsoever because then you're talking – you're facing like the Wisconsin Ohio State winner, or Penn State Ohio State winner, or Nebraska Ohio State winner. Um, actually, it wouldn't be Nebraska because Nebraska would have beaten Iowa. So it'd be, yeah, probably like Wisconsin Ohio State winner. That's not good. <laughs> so beat Nebraska. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's a um, like imagine that like 
your 13 seed in the conference or like the 12 seed would end up being like two teams that beat Iowa convincingly, right. yeah. convincingly at that. So again, yeah, that's a um, a nightmarish scenario, and um, will really be a shame to see all that built up momentum like dashed that quickly going into um, you know postseason play. But that's what I wanted to know. Just kind of okay, what's mm-hmm. the uh, the scenario on the other end of the spectrum? Yeah, but um, the Big Ten has just been. Can we just take a moment and just like <laughs> take a take a like. Take a step back and just look at the Big Ten for for what it's been this year, which is chaotic. Yeah, every single day has just been crazy. And you look at the standings now. There's like six teams, all eleven and eight. You have a ten and eight, a ten and nine, a nine and ten. You know, right there. Um, it's just been a, a really wild year, and it's setting up to be a really wild tournament as well. I think there's going to be even more chaos in Chicago next week. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I pointed out who the seven seeds would be in that scenario with Iowa as the two. I said Maryland. You know, obviously Maryland would have to win a seven ten game there, and that would actually be in the favorites scenario. They would actually play Penn State again, so it'd be Maryland Penn State in that seven ten matchup in that scenario. And then if you flip the matchups, if Maryland beats Penn State, uh, let me do it. Uh, the seven would be Illinois, but they would have to beat Wisconsin in that scenario. So it'd be Illinois, Wisconsin. Uh, so I would be waiting that winner, you know, to me, bring on Wisconsin again <laughs> in that scenario. I feel like yeah. Iowa's better than Wisconsin, uh, but yeah. you know, that would be a worse loss potentially too. So I don't know. It's all, uh, it's all chaotic. I'll give you the last word. We, I just want to make this a quick, short podcast. Uh, we will know a lot more by the time Iowa tips off on Sunday. And by the way, they'll honor Connor McCaffrey and Philip Rabracha at 1245 p.m. Uh, before the game. So be in your seats uh, at sold out Car Rock Arena. Yeah, I um, think that my last thoughts are just more so pointed to the game itself on Sunday. Like you said, I'm going to be at basketball availability later on today. And I know the focus is going to be on Connor and Philip, obviously. And you can loop in Chris as well because it's. going to be his last game at Carver. Um, Those three players have meant a lot to Iowa's program, but this season, I mean, they've been the, you know, the top three guys and I just don't see a scenario where those three are going to let Iowa have a letdown on Sunday. So that's kind of where my, where my thoughts goes. I think that this sets up very much so for Iowa to have, um, I mean, not season-defining because um, Nebraska isn't, like, in, in that tier, but I do think it's going to be um, a game where they kind of, like, put their foot on the gas and kind of put an exclamation point on the end of the regular season. So that's my prediction. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel good about the game. I do. I feel like, especially ha- having them, uh, Iowa lost in that game at, at Lincoln earlier this year. Uh, that was while we were going to get catfish, uh, remember? Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of fun in Nashville. We were like, oh, God, this game is kind of awful. <laughs> Let's go get some catfish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, But anyway, so uh, I, I do think that they get it done. But, you know, uh, like you said, crazier things had, have happened. The nice thing, Kennington, if they can get this done, is that it would give them a 20-win season. It would be a huge feather in the cap for Fran McCaffrey and his team that they finished second in the Big Ten, tied for second um, at worst, right? Um, you know, that 
even if they lose a tiebreaker on a random thing, they would still finish tied for second in the Big Ten Conference. And that's pretty cool out of a 14-team league after an 0-3 start. And then it would improve their NCAA tournament seeding as well because you don't want to take a bad loss on Sunday either. Uh, and that would be a bad loss. Uh, quad three loss. You do not want that. So anyway, I will see you. Well, I don't know if I'll see you Sunday or not. Uh, if Iowa women lose Saturday night, I'll see you Sunday. If Iowa women win, I'll be with the women on Sunday. So uh, uh, it's all on you, my man, just like it has been most of the year. Yeah. <laughs> yes, um, it's uh, it's all good. I'm looking forward to just seeing everything else that happens um, this weekend. Obviously, I'm going to be tapped into the Iowa women, the combine as well. I mean, is Riley Moss going to run the 4-3 the today? Lucas Van Ness, man, a crazy time yesterday. So um, there's just a lot going on. So I'm going to have like my TV on, laptop on, probably watching something on my phone, on Twitter or whatever. So um, eyes will be a little bit everywhere, but I think it's going to be a really, really, really exciting next few weeks. I appreciate you, man, and I appreciate you, Hawkeye fans. Uh, we're going to say goodbye and get you this podcast ASAP. For Kennington Smith, this is Chad Leistico of The Register saying so long and thanks for listening.